Doctor. Hi, hi. Hi, hi, hi. Hi. Uh, so okay. how are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. We're we're, we're just waiting for my colleague uh, Khalid. Um, so uh, just let's just give him a little while. But in the meantime, uh, let me just introduce myself and the show. Um, my name is Ralph. I'm from Palindrome, and this uh, podcast is called Let's Talk. Let's talk about the future of blogs for businesses, and um, it's basically a show um, uh, where uh, on, on which we um, cover um, different. Uh, with with the Southeast Asian SME slant, um, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, blogs and content, content marketing, online content, digital content, and things like that. So, yep. um, yeah, uh, basically, it's a uh, we, we've we've been providing a platform for you know SMEs and those that assist SMEs um, uh, with with content um, uh, with 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 a platform to actually share what they do and things like that. So so. Um, Oh, there you go. That's Khalid. Khalid. Hi. Okay. Um, this is my colleague uh, Khalid from Palindrome, um, and uh, I've already introduced us and the show. So, um, Doctor T Sanmuga, is that how? Yes. How it, yes. Yeah. Why don't you introduce yourself and what you do for our listeners? Okay. Uh, that'll be great. Um, well, everybody calls me Shan. And um, what I do is uh, basically communications, uh, in one word. What that involves, uh, I am a communication specialist specializing in semiotics, the making of meaning. Uh, that's my area of study for my uh, PhD. Wow. Uh, basically, what I do is I understand the cultures behind uh, what brands need and what brands need to access and communicate with their people. So, a lot of work of what I do is uh, actually do uh, website uh, content, so to speak. And um, among my clients, uh, Afin, Afin Huang, um, Kepinta, it's, it's varied. It's, I've, I've got uh, clients from all over the place. So. Uh, what I do basically in the content in the context is I am the uh, strategic consultant which comes in uh, to help companies get their uh, messaging across in a way that will uh, make them stand out in a way that that, that connects with their target audience. Uh, in uh, doing that over the years, what I've done is I've set up. Or started uh, an online magazine called SME Assist, www.smeassist.net. Uh, it's uh, you type in SME. You don't really need to remember the uh, link because just type in SME Assist on Google, and that'll be the first one come up coming up. So Are you going doing uh, your SEO? Uh, no, that's the thing. I, I haven't actively. I mean, we did a little bit of SEO along the way, but. Uh, didn't keep up with it because there's uh, we were we were more focused on trying to get subject matter experts on board. The assist stands for subject matter experts assisting uh, oh, startups, oh. entrepreneurs, and uh, businesses. I see. Yeah. So what what we do is um, I have established partnerships with uh, Malaysian Association of Professional Trainers and Coaches, MapTech, uh, MapPro. Uh, a few of the other organizations where subject matter experts uh, actually have uh, cloud. So my writers are all actually contributors. They all uh, 
share what tips and tricks and ideas that they have with our readers. Uh, basically to help their business uh, their businesses get better and we focus on that uh, and because we feel that there's a big gap in Malaysia because there's a certain way in which people uh, think in Malaysia uh, in terms of businesses and starting up and doing stuff and a lot of it's got to do with the entire environment entire uh, structure of what we have as a country so that has to change and um, because of my background in journalism uh, I'm convinced that uh, I was I have been convinced all this while and I still am that we're on a space where we can make those changes um, we're not about just collecting accolades and getting people saying yeah you're the best uh, this you're the best and that no it's about how to make yourself better and um, a large part of that came the imp- came from a serious accident I had in uh, May 2018 which is when the uh, in April sorry in April 2018 the beginning uh, just after just during Easter weekend uh, I had a near fatal accident caused a total loss uh, I have a great deal of respect for our nurses and hospital attendants in the government service they are beyond they, they, they're the frontliners that the hero ship that we give the frontliners now that should be something we should be always giving them because these guys really really work hard they they don't do it i can tell you for what for for a fact our government our our healthcare people don't do it for the money not at all so you know these are great people so that moment changed and i said if i'm going to make a difference this is what i'm going to do because uh economy businesses drive the economy the economy drives the the living of the country and we are experiencing that right now so we are in a very uh, special position right now because it is the subject matter experts that can help turn the country around so when you uh, when we when we connected recently and you said you had this podcast I was very excited to be able to share so on a personal on a personal level you, you focus on brand development and branding strategy yes and, that's personal yeah yeah and um, SME assist it's essentially a platform that empowers business owners with growth and um, knowledge in the form of like informative content thought pieces and i also understand that recently the uh, that SME assist partnered up with um, Maptech the Malaysian Association of Professional Trainers and Coaches yep. and uh, Yayasan Usahawan Malaysia yes yep 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 right for SMEs yep. tell us a little bit about that well um this was we when MCO started we realized that um, there's a lot of worry there's a lot of concern there's a lot of uh, uh, fear going on in our country right now um the main reason is because no one has uh, there's this theory that going around on the internet about um, about every 200 years the world needs to go through an overhaul so to speak uh, there was the Spanish flu there was the uh, uh, great plague so on and so forth and now we have uh, covid-19 and while it is seem it seems a bit extreme to think of it that way but it is a stark reality that when people cannot move when certain businesses cannot run the eco- economy slowly starts uh, i wouldn't say dying 
but starts slowing down. It's not able to uh, move as it can and do what it can to maintain uh, the business environment that needs to be maintained. So what we, we are seeing is a lot of fear. What we are seeing is a lot of concern. Um, a lot of businesses aren't able to think clearly about what to do. And there have been many who are making decisions to just shut down, close down because they don't see a way out. Um, uh, with all due respect to our government who has done amazingly in handling the uh, whole MZO issue, they are not uh, doing practically anything for the SMEs. And the SMEs are the backbone of the nation. Um, everything that they are offering is, uh, that the government is offering is all uh, very little. As in, uh, okay, if I've got a company full of, say, 20 people, and the government is only offering to pay 10 to 15% of their salary, or maybe 20% of their salary, what happens then? You know, the rest of the salary, I still have to fork out. But I have not been doing business uh, from last month, from, from not from last month, from March actually. I've had to stop, you know? So when I've not been able to do business, I have no income and I've got no income, I'm supposed to continue paying for their salaries. That's not going to work out in the long run. And a lot of businesses, one, one of the things we studied and we found was that a lot of businesses don't have cash reserves past, past a month because a lot of companies just start growing and the process of growing, especially SMEs. We're talking about SMEs here. Let's not talk about multinationals. They they follow, they tend, I mean, academia tended to study these large multinationals and that's how they define business. But that's not business for SMEs. SMEs basically seem to follow a more raw form of uh, operating which is demand supply I, I you have the demand I have the supply I fulfill your demand and from there it's just been spreading this way and that way and it's very disorganized so when you ask for uh, to go back to, to the problem that we face and with what offer was being offered by the government for example when you ask them for audited accounts when you ask them for uh, to prepare documentation for, for the loans that the can, government can give you and so on. If the accountants can't, the, the hired accountants can't do the job, then they can't apply for those loans. So those catch-22 situations, the government, to, to their credit, uh, started listening and, and that listening did help extra, uh, specialized, uh, specialized um, uh, expertise, subject matter experts like accountants you know, to get in and start doing this paperwork and so on and so forth. But um, how fast can this happen before the effects per se? You people are starting to save. A lot of expenditure is now going to start being uh, kept behind, kept, kept back because they need to know they have money to spend for food. Uh, there are images going around social media of people lining up in front of Pajak uh, Gadai uh, shops and all that. Um, I'm not sure what the word is in English, but uh, that's not healthy. Uh, we we have to do more. So, uh, MapTech decided. MapTech and Yayasan Usahawan decided that all its members, uh, both members, uh, and SMEs decided to step in, join in to facilitate. Because what we realized and saw was that there has to be a need um, for these business uh, people, the entrepreneurs, to get help, to get support and coaching. Uh, on how to manage and run their business. This is being done for free. Uh, this is all being done for free uh, for the next two months. And the aim is to help 
uh, entrepreneurs and uh, startups and small businesses uh, to navigate this rough patch with ideas and with uh, strategies to cope so that we don't end up having a larger unemployment problem than we really need to have. Right, yeah, definitely. I think, like like you said, SMEs are a big part and parcel of the, the economic engine here locally as well as around the world, I think. And, and the MCO has set a lot of businesses back and I think an initiative like, like, like yours could definitely help uh, soften the financial and operational blow that, that these SMEs have taken. And, and I guess, like, um, I kind of like what you said as well about how multinational corporations, the bigger multinational corporations and the SMEs kind of, there are differences between, between them and they are like kind of affected differently by the pandemic, right? Like yeah. SMEs, yeah. other businesses, like they're agile, light, you know, they have less overheads, but also at the same time, they are more fragile and they have like a lack of resources and their endurance of the crisis is a little bit a little bit uh, uh, more exposed yep. uh, compared to national corporations. And I, I guess also maybe if it's from a psychological standpoint, I think business owners, you know, they need like, they need things like this to, they need pillars of strength kind of to lean on and expert advisors like yourself to help guide them and motivate them, I think. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, to be honest, to be honest, um, we, we, a lot, a lot of what we uh, uh, we call we don't call ourselves experts per se. We prefer to call ourselves specialists, uh, and that's precisely it. If you, if we, I, I like to when when I meet a lot of SMEs who don't understand what consultants, uh, specialists, uh, or people like us do, uh, I tell them that uh, we are like we are like specialist doctors. We are like doctors because uh, when you go to a GP. Um, you, the doctor can tell you what to, what is wrong roughly if you can tell him what is wrong with you and so on. But if you tell him something a little deep and it doesn't fit the general idea, then he then refers you to a specialist. So the specialist has studied and learned a lot more in the particular field about a particular area and will be able to help you with that. But having said that, uh, an ear specialist will not be able to tell you what's going on with your heart. So. Uh, when you get help and you get a consultant, when you get a good consultant, they'll be able to pull in the different uh, types of help for you and uh, get you going on from 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 that particular angle. Um, I used to I used to have uh, when I started out. I started out uh, about 2008 2009. Uh, a lot of uh, I was consultant to Madrid for a couple of years at that time. Uh, we were the pioneer. We were, we were the ones who created the in-trade exhibitions, which still run to today. Uh, it helped put Malaysia on the map, so we know what we can do. So um, the people I worked with and all, they, they were also my mentors and trainers in that sense. So uh, from then, I noticed uh, SMEs and small businesses have this fear or have this uh, idea that you uh, you can't really help them because uh, at the end of the day, they feel that. We don't know their business uh, like they do, and we tell them you're absolutely right. If it was your body, I wouldn't know your body like you do. But I have seen enough um, as a specialist. If I was to look at you, uh, your business as a, as, a, as a human being, I've seen enough patients to know if that is this particular area that is 
this particular pain that you're experiencing, I know how to fix that pain. The rest is up to you. So, uh, companies that take us on uh, have to accept, attempt to attempt to have to learn that we can help you, but a large part of it is still you having to do um, key uh, activities on your own to make yourself come up. So, uh, that was a learning curve in those days, but uh, it's heartening to say that um, SMEs have learned to accept and appreciate uh, uh, specialists, business specialists who come in to help them and there's been a healthy trend in the past few years. But it's always an additional expense they look at. They look at it as, they don't see it as uh, uh, urgent, very important expense until it becomes quite dire, which is quite uh, sad, but I think that's a worldwide problem as well for the industry. Uh, only when things get really, really hard and really bad, that's when they call in the experts, so to speak. So uh, you can't blame them, but that's how it is. Yeah, definitely. I think the, um, I think it's. It, I, I like how you put that. You know, um, specialists kind of specialize on different components of business. Like they don't, they will, they won't know how to how to run. A, a particular business but at the same time they would be able to kind of evaluate and let you know how certain components of different you know business aspects work because they've seen so much yeah. so that's what their experience kind of lies in so that's kind, kind of like what, what you mean by uh, being a specialist and kind of coming in as a specialist and, and guiding these businesses from a specialist standpoint kind of yes yeah. precisely yes uh, and also like um uh, I kind of also, if like, I kind of uh, agree with what you say about uh, SMEs, smaller businesses, um, kind of they they want help, they want guidance, but also at the same time they kind of they kind of uh, are kind of they, they are sometimes kind of picky about about the kind of kind of help, the kind of business support that they want because maybe it's maybe it's financial constraints budgetary constraints and and, it, and and like you said it comes it, it reaches a point where it's like it's too it's too late or you know failure is imminent at that point because they just didn't get the help that they needed because they were uh, you know and i think it's a mindset that's quite prominent with smes and smaller businesses um, how would you say we can change that mindset. Like, is is there any way to change that that kind of mindset? Well, one, yeah, I agree. I completely agree. It's it's um it's mindset at the end of the day, and um that's where as uh, being in this industry, also as a trainer, um we we do realize that at the end of the day, it comes back to uh, ask any full fledged trainer, one who's been who's really good at what they do, they'll tell you that training is about ABC awareness before change so you don't go into the training room or you don't go into the organization uh, and say okay now you need to do this you need to do that you need to do this you need to do that it doesn't work that way you have to let them have the awareness first so when um like like you've rightly pointed out sometimes the awareness is coming so late that nothing can be done but uh, like i said gladly that there, there are uh, companies who are beginning to see that awareness beforehand and part of that has been because of, um, I dare say, uh, what you have on the internet, what people share. Um, 
I wouldn't say I'm like medium. Medium is very different from what I do. Mine is mine is coming from subject matter experts supporting. Uh, medium is more experiential, but the idea behind publications like Medium and a lot of these international publications where people tend to share, experientially tend to share what they are doing. Uh, I remember one of my earliest influences in uh, beginning this was a piece done by uh, Hugh Jackman himself uh, in INC.com. Um, he had invested in a uh, coffee business, basically, uh, in summary. So what he had done is he had set up, uh, he had invested in a chain of uh, uh, cafes where they, he was coming from having owned uh, had had invested in uh, coffee beans, uh, coffee plantation, and was affecting the exports. So he got a few people together and started that business. Now, on the side of having invested in the coffee bean business, so to speak, in the coffee the coffee business, so to speak, it was like a lot of um, of these like what we used to have here in Malaysia a long time ago, and now we're beginning to have, especially after around near MCO, just before MCO beginning of this year uh, these companies which in, invite you to invest in Agawood uh, same thing that we used to do for land banking before companies that invite you to invest in uh, purchasing land cheap to sell later in a couple of years for conversion into uh, higher property and all that so there's this uh, there are these organizations we are doing Agawood and all that which are doing it right now they promise great returns over the period of years and um well, that's not a business I want to comment on. Hugh Jamal had gone through that and he found that his investment was not moving as fast as it should. So that is why he decided to open up this chain, chain of cafes. And it nearly died. So he had to get in experts. He was talking about how he had to get in experts to help him and what they taught him and how he learned, how he had to learn as an actor. He applied what he was he learned as an actor immediately to the same thing and started uh, doing that. He was basically writing. He he was pretty much admitting in the piece that he wrote for ANC.com, engaging with people, letting people know by letting them read, which meant that's what the ANC piece was was about. And that's when it hit me, and I said, well, if subject matter experts directly wrote instead of just other people sharing their experiences, people want to read this. And uh, to me, that's that's how I, I see the proof of my of SME assist having come to. Then we started in May in um, May 2018, and in less than two years, we are on the more, we are the first page of Google. If somebody somebody looks for SME assist, and that's not easy to get. That takes a long time. It normally takes three to five years. So there are people out there who read us. Uh, of course, a lot of that has got to do with us sharing. Uh, us, us writers within the within the magazine sharing our writings to our connections and so on but there are people who are reading there are people who are picking up ideas so I'd say that's one uh, another is I would say is your podcast itself uh, there should be there should be and there needs to be more podcasts like yourselves uh, because people don't really have time to watch videos all the time um, they, they need they, they, but when they, when they go on the train or when they are uh, driving or they're doing something, they'll be happy to listen to this in the background and they get ideas from this, they get uh, that awareness created hey, I'm going through that maybe I should reach out and then, you know see how I can get myself a solution in the process uh, and so on, so 
awareness has to come from social media awareness has to come from sharing awareness has to come from uh, that experience that people have talking about that to other people uh, Malaysians uh, one of my partners uh, in, in this endeavor uh, we had a discussion yesterday and he said Malaysians are a funny lot um, if you try to tell them they need this you try to for example how these people who travel who sell uh, spirulina and all this or stem cell stuff and all uh, I wouldn't buy any of that stem cell stuff to be honest uh, but there's a community that would because that community basically believes in it so much that a new stem cell uh, thing comes up they'll straight away go and buy it and that's because it's all about building that community like um, I would say in the same way so when you want to have that awareness there has to be a community which already appreciates it and they have become your ambassadors and they are the ones who spread it so um, what happens in between that uh, sharing and that community is how I think that gets spread so it's, it's a process it's a natural process which takes time we cannot run, rush into it but uh, I like the way you questioned you rephrased the question because the MCO has created such a vacuum of what people normally have been able to gain that access for knowledge that you see so many um, training companies, consultants, uh, organizations rushing to fill that gap. And that I think will will, uh, will, will be something to discuss a little bit further, but uh, it's important to talk about it. But right now, it really is about letting people be aware by sharing their knowledge. So does it matter where they get their knowledge from? Yes, very much so. They need to get through proper right knowledge for them. But, and how do they know that? They need to know who their community is. Uh, I'll quote people like Seth Godin. Um, they need to find their tribe. They shouldn't be going to every time somebody posts a podcast or, or sorry, sorry, posts a Zoom invite to join in a, a, a seminar, an online seminar, uh, or, or online talk by this group of people. They shouldn't just jump in every time. Um, they need to know, is this my tribe? Is this what will help me? Uh, we don't need to become addicted to all these ideas right now and then forget that the important thing is to try to get back to work as quickly as we can during this uh, CMCO at home while we can without, uh, you know, going out there and having to uh, engage physically so that when we when the MCO is really lifted, we can jump in and just continue instead of having to start only then. So uh, they have to be careful of the noise that they're listening to, but they should be listening to ideas and tips on how they should move forward. Uh, again, YouTube videos are still also good, very much, very much so. But um, I've been a fan of podcasts for a long time for the single fact that. You can listen to a podcast while you're doing something else. So uh, I think, uh, and reading is also very important. I think in that sense. So that's how I think it it, it, it will move. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like, I, I, like I like what you said. I like what you said. I like what you said about um, um, a change, and, uh, and uh, how 
you know, shift, you know, shift experience or important, but are you okay with your connection? There's something wrong there, I think. Yeah, I didn't hear you actually. Or... Can you, can okay, you hear me? Okay. Is it okay now? Better now. Yeah. Better now? Okay. Um, I want to yeah, add anywhere. before we go too, too long. Um, uh, I, I believe, I hope and I believe that you have government uh, government people listening to your podcast as well. And I really, really hope the government knows that now's the time that they have to really, really invest in our broadband infrastructure like nobody's business we need to we need to be 100 mbps by the end of this year if we, if we, if we can no longer focusing on 50 mbps or 60 mbps and saying it's okay you know the whole country needs to start getting plugged in because this is the future the future is here and you have to start now connection is so important right definitely yeah. i guess 5G might 5G might help with the with that implementation. I really hope so. Yeah. 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 Anyway, sorry, sorry about that. Yeah. So moving on. Um, yeah, I like what you said about awareness before change and how um, you know sharing experiences is important. But like from a specialist standpoint, it empowers businesses, right? Because a specialist has the knowledge that the knowledge that businesses need to, in order to thrive and survive. And 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 it's all about providing value in the form of knowledge, I think. And uh, you were also talking about multifaceted forms of media, so like podcasts, blogs, blog posts, videos. Uh, I think we need all of it in 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 accordance because like content marketing it helps to build communities and it helps to identify tribes, and it even helps to cultivate pro- productivity in a way. You know, if it's exactly, done right. Exactly. Yeah. So with that, I think maybe we can talk a little bit more about the marketing landscape, I think. Uh, the marketing landscape is a pretty interesting one to watch right now because content marketing, blogging, blogging, uh, it's all being used right now as you know educational tools uh, to propagate brand awareness and offer value in one way or another. And especially now, I think brands are trying to form uh, deeper relationships with their customers and somehow kind of connect on a more personalized level so from like a from, from a branding standpoint uh, how important is it to educate prospects do you think uh, right now all the more because uh, you now can't engage directly through uh, the usual uh, face-to-face methodologies that you have uh, and there's going to be more reason for this uh, which I which I can explain right now in that um, because of what's happening now you will find that everybody is going to jump into this bandwagon of um and head to the new wild west um in the in the beginning before the gold rush the if if i can just use that analogy um the miners that would go to uh, these these parts of uh, america where they would mine for gold they would go knowing where to go. They'll have a some some people say they have a gold tooth for it or something of that sort. Where they will know where to go, what to look for, what to see, and they will mine. They get their money. They come back. As they dug deeper, there were some places where the whole place was actually just filled with gold. 
that precipitated the gold rush where the opportunity was suddenly there that if somebody just used the pickaxe and hit a rock a couple of times, a mountain wall a couple of times, he was bound to get gold. That began a massive gold rush. Everybody just jumped in. Everybody just went all out, went crazy and uh, entire industries erupted from there. Uh, I say industries because what we see of the westerns and the salons and the, uh, you know what and all that, everything came, towns were built on, on, on just the idea that there was gold there. And then you have anybody and everybody who doesn't know much about uh, gold but knows enough that as in they know they got a big and this uh, uh, they got a pan they know how to do certain things like that they know the basics they come in and then they all want to get the results they want to get and then the market gets saturated and then uh, people start losing confidence in gold and then they started calling it fool's gold that happened to the training industry in Malaysia a couple of years ago. There have been organizations which would sell training as a multi-million dollar business, not realizing that the damage that they were doing to the industry as a whole, uh, because they say, anybody can be a trainer. We'll teach you how to be a trainer. You come and learn with it how to be a trainer and you'll be a millionaire by the end of the year. And that's what happened. That started this whole trend of people becoming trainers, saturated the market. Now we have a lot of people who don't have confidence in the training industry because we have all these trainers who come in who don't really know what training is, who don't really know how to educate and create an awareness about uh, the importance of awareness before change or the, about the change, the information that is needed. And people seem to have a different idea of what training is than what it actually is. And that's the disappointment that we've had. But the industry is trying to uh, overhaul itself within, from within instead of uh, getting outside help because we know that once outside help comes in it becomes a long bureaucratic journey which can uh, affect a lot of people in a very negative way but if we do it from within ourselves we can do that well how this relates to what I'm talking about here is that MCO is seeing a lot of people who are not qualified who are not uh, actually uh, capable of providing that that brand value that brand interaction that brand uh, relationship coming in trying to teach people how they should how they can do it what they need to do um mlms take the opportunity to abuse the language and then call you in for a meeting to talk about brand and all they actually want to do is get you to become a member of the mlm things like that are happening and um what that results in is brands are now in far more danger of losing their prospects if they're going to get advice and interact uh, wrongly with the people that they're going to interact with. Um, one of the most important things, for example, uh, there's a recent ad, a, it's an advertisement that uh, during the MCO that uh, made fun of uh, a family's, uh, I'm not going to name the ad because it's not appropriate, but the ad basically decided to have a joke and uh, make fun of uh, regular families importance for always having a hundred marks you know how Asian parents especially tiger parents uh, in all the communities want their kids to be at the top of the class so the ad basically uh, makes fun of the need to have a hundred marks and everything and basically uh, makes it very dramatic very very funny but it was offensive to a certain community because 
it poked fun at the community's uh, way of reacting in in in, in that community's genre of uh, uh, television, I suppose. I don't know. So that brand may never be able to recover because they already lost the outside uh, face-to-face methods of taste, of uh, experience, of uh, of uh, smell, which that brand needed to be able to win its. Uh, 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 audience to win its tribe or to to recruit more more tribes people under the MCO that's going to happen under the new way of living you are losing already certain ways of dealing and getting more people what you what these brands need to have done is go the way of some of these other bigger brands have been doing um, insurance companies you got to you got to give credit to the insurance companies for for knowing this emotional attachments that we are there for you that we are here to care for you that we are here to support you those kind of ads are what people are looking for people need reassurances people are scared as a whole not just businesses people as a whole are scared because nobody knows what tomorrow is going to bring so when a brand comes in and says whatever happens and like I said this is an insurance company doing it whatever happens we are here for you call us if you need help by the way, no need to pay. No need to pay your your fees for the next uh, for the whole duration of the MCO. We'll send you uh, your invoice and bills after the MCO with no late payment charges. So that's going to get a lot more tribes people. That's going to get a lot more uh, brand support, and that's what brands need to do now. Brands need to know how to engage and not just go with the usual people who don't understand psychology. The thing I like about, um, like I said, I'm I'm in two industries in that sense. I'm in communications, meaning I'm also in the uh, PR and uh, uh, what do you call this, brand industry. Um, I'm also in the training industry. So uh, I I think your uh, your organization is in the brand industry and people need to come to experts like you who know, who have the pulse of what people are thinking of not what so last month is going to sell this month brands people keep the pulse they don't expect what worked last year to work this year that's one of the uh, powerful values brands people have which people brands people need to tap into so new players are going to get us in trouble because Right now, we are in a situation where anybody can jump in and because people are beginning to be afraid of losing their jobs, everybody wants to jump in the easiest thing that they see they can do. And one of my biggest fears is that the brand industry is going to be affected by uh, a lot of... Uh, yes, Make oil yes salesman. That, that's worrying. <laughs> yeah. I think I think yeah I think you definitely do touch I think you touch on basically all of the points that need to be made right now like I think relevance authenticity these are things that should be um, part and parcel of a brand right now like 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 you were saying before like there's a kind of saturation going on in the market and a lot of unqualified um, prospects coming in which which leads to kind of like a demotivation within within the industry itself. Uh, people maybe don't trust training 
um, uh, 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 training experts as much. And, and I, I think maybe it might, the way to fix that might be to provide real value in, in, a, in an authentic way, you know, provide authenticity and, and, and prospects would pro- respond a little bit better uh, with that kind yes, of approach. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Um, I have I have trainer friends who don't have people qualifications because uh, they come from a generation where uh, uh, training in paper qualifications was all about the matsale uh, at that time, and they're still trainers now. Um, one of them, one of these guys, old guys that I know, uh, when I asked him, uh, so Alex, will you? His, his, uh, I'm just giving you a different name because I don't want to offend him if if I he's he's listening. Alex, if you um, when are you going to retire? He said, if I am on my if I'm 90 years old and they have to wheel me in in a wheelchair and and I, into the training room and I can still train and share what I have learned on my life, I'm going to do it. So there are a lot of these people like this who are old school, who have the knowledge, who have real authenticity. Your magic word just now, authenticity. They have authentic sharing of their experiences some of these people actually have been through economic crises that our country has gone through they know hardship these are the people that can make a difference in the training industry today not like exact words that you said not the snake oil salesman who come and teach you rah 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 yay 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 I'm going to teach you new ways to engage with your customers new ways to do nobody wants to know your new ways right now right now right now we want to help rebuild this country. We want to help rebuild. We want to help come back from all this uh, unknown. What's the point of bringing in new stuff when the unknown is still not you know, arrested, handled? So, I mean, you guys are so so right. We have to have that genuineness to have the, 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 the real people coming, stepping forward and continuing to provide the value that they can provide. If... Um, I'll be honest, the only value that I can provide, I see and say, if I was going to start doing training again, is to how to handle crisis communications. For example, I'm not going to go in and tell them, um, how do you want to sell to a, to a frightened audience? I'm not going to do that because I am not an expert on sales. But if you tell me, ask me to teach you how to handle crisis communications, that I can because I can show you how to get prepared. I can show you how to give strength to your stakeholders, to everybody who you need, because that's what I know I can do. That's what I understand. That's what I have experienced. It has to be authentic. It has to be real. Only things that I really can help, I should help. During the normal time, yes, I can suppose, I suppose I can sell, uh, I can sell branding, but that's because I have the knowledge, I have the experience, but I've always had the knowledge and experience in an ordinary time, in a day-to-day regular experience. I have not gone through tough times in the branding industry like some of my peers have. And I can't be going on telling people I can teach you how to sell. What I can teach you is how to handle crisis communications. That's all I'm going to do right now for the next couple of months at least. So since I'm not going to be doing that much training, so I decided, yeah, I'm going to go back to this and... um, my magazine facilitate the ability of experts, uh, people like yourselves, people like uh, Ian Homer, people like uh, Aslina Brahim, all these people who are who write for me, write, who write, contribute to my magazine. These are real people with real experiences uh, 
who have maintained their humility in spite of where they've achieved now in life, uh, they still maintain the humility and and remember what their struggles were, and they are the ones who are well placed to share and and and, and uh, move forward. I mean, you have you have examples of those kind of people, you know, right now offhand as well. I'm sure. Uh, you uh, let, let's let's uh, get back to uh, yep. SME assist for us for a minute. Uh, I'm looking at the site right now, and uh, you have like MapTech um, um, uh, Yayasan Usahawan Malaysia SME assist written by Suhu Yun Han, right? Ah, okay. One of our clients. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, so he's one of the contributors yes, for your so, yes. magazine, right? I see. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, he just speaking about value. Like, I think that's the great thing about SME Assist, right? It's an accumulation of expertise. Mm-hmm. And um, looking at your blog, it, it's aesthetically impressive, I can say for one thing. But also at the same time, I think the biggest thing about about SME Assist is the comprehensive array of knowledge that there is. Like you have. You've got all kinds of all kinds of um, um, topics that are related to, to to SMEs. It could it's like entrepreneurship, and there there's growth, there's sales and marketing, and I, I kind of like how you segregate the posts as well according to the different categories um, because you can focus on a full range of topics from entrepreneurship to growth and sales and marketing, but at the same time it all kind of relates. Uh, it's all it it that there's a there's a good. There's a good structure to the whole thing. So, and of, of course, content is also top-notch, uh, written by your, yep. your your team of experts. Was there a learning curve to content creation uh, and, and presentation in this way? Yes and no, in the sense that uh, we are still improving. Um, a lot of the ideas and how this changed and, and, and formed into what it was, was from the beginning. Um, after the first three, first three months, actually, only after the first three months, I started sharing the the links and uh, our articles to everybody. I, I continuously ask for feedback. My other team, my other team members also do ask for feedback off and on. And uh, uh, from that feedback, we decided, okay, this since a lot of the feedback came back that it, it needs to be organized in such a way, uh, it needs to be uh, easily accessible and so on and so forth. So it's from that feedback that this layout was decided. But having said that, um, as part of our expansion plans and to celebrate um, uh, SME is now reaching page one, uh, top number one. We decided that we are going to completely revamp the site. We're going to go for something different, something new. Uh, we intend to also host uh, with partners, say like yourselves. Uh, we intend to also host uh, contributions uh, in terms of uh, podcasts and videos as well. Uh, we intend to have uh, links to online learning. Um, uh, you know, stuff. So, so yeah, there's a lot of revamp yeah. being being planned right now, based on all the feedback that we've got. Uh, and yes, it was all through feedback, continuous feedback from two years ago. We just keep getting feedback, and we get feedback. We decided to change something like this, change something like that. But the general frame was within the first year. The, the framework which you're talking about, it was in the first year of uh, in 2018 that we decided on this layout then. Nice. Oh, okay. 28. So, 
yeah like, um, sorry we're actually um, I think we've come almost to the end of our session but uh, I just want to touch on your magazine a little bit more um, so how like how many contributors do you have right now, actually who yeah. right now uh, how do you source for 10, them uh, but we don't intend to limit because the magazine is purely contributor driven so uh, none of them uh, I, do, I don't refer to any of them as writers I refer to all of them as contributors um, you get your own column if you can mm. give me three more than three pieces in a in a month so uh, that's how it was in the beginning so now as we change we are, we are, we are taking a break in making it uh, daily only because of the transition to the new site so right now it's monthly for the from beginning of uh, from beginning of November it's been, it's been made to a monthly until we can get our new site up and running so yeah and how are uh, are these paid contributors or are they doing for publicity? Oh, I see. Okay, so like, let's say that if I wanted to contribute, because um, we, we 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 actually plan, yeah. planning to do that with some other publications. Um, we'll, we'll be talking uh, about this offline. Uh, okay, generally, what will happen is we, uh, I would reach out to you. you would, we we would talk. Uh, I would communicate how it was. Then I'll get your email address and I'll send you an email of what's needed, which is basically. Uh, every if you want to make the, the the terms of reference are simple. If you want to be a regular contributor, then we need your gravatar and your bio, mm. uh, uh, so that we can give you a column. Uh, and like I said, we need to have three pieces that we yeah. can put uh, in, in in a following the format. Yeah. So if these are Pieces, pieces that have been published on my own blog, uh, can I reuse them or do Currently, they have to be completely uh, new pieces? Definitely, we can reuse because this this site has the content arrangements that we have for this site mm. is back to back. So when I get content from you, then I will give you content from me as well. It's content sharing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, content sharing. Which yeah, yeah, yeah. Be yeah. familiar with that. Uh, yeah. In fact, with Aslin and uh, Ian, that's what we have. That's the reason we have. Um, be however moving forward with the new site what will happen is that uh, I would do it in uh, I intend to do it in Bahasa Malaysia and English so if your existing content is in Bahasa then on uh, SME SS Asia it will be in uh, English in our site if your existing content is in English then we will, we will put it in Bahasa in our site yeah. uh, we once we uh, get the numbers again because we do plan to have digital marketing, take on digital marketing activities, social media engagements and all that. Uh, we have not done that. Uh, the only reason yeah. uh, I'm very proud of what we have is because we have not done any digital marketing. We have not, um, you know, uh, done anything additional than just write and really? share, write and share and a few basic SEO, like very, very basic SEO yeah. through our tag system. That's it common words that people might use that's it MCOs stuff like that so we haven't actually done much and people have already come so when we migrate when we intend to make it live then we will start uh, paying a small fee because we intend to get uh, we intend to open it for up for contributions not necessarily advertisements but those who read if they like what they read they can contribute so if they contribute what's going to happen is uh, whatever contributions that come in will be given in turn to contributors who um, get the most popular pieces. So, for example, yeah, 
Yeah. Oh, that's why medium, yeah, so medium style. It, right? Exactly. Like medium English do that because what will happen is if let's say the piece that you uh, your, your your piece seems to be very popular with the readers, then we'll send you a screenshot and say, look, this is what's happened with your piece. Uh, so you're going to get uh, contributions that have come in this month. You're going to get this this amount of money for that. You know, that kind of thing. So that's what we intend to do. I see. Okay. Um, and uh, I, I, I wanted to ask, uh, have, you, have you heard of Tiger what, Hall? Again, what, what did you say? Uh, yeah, you 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 can go and Google it. Uh, I think they might be co- quite new. They're from Singapore, I think. They're called Tiger Hall, T I G E R H A L L, and it, yeah, it's it, it's a platform for uh, it's basically an app, and they have some free content, but they have like to to unlock, yeah. you have to pay like a monthly subscription kind of thing lah, and uh, they have like uh, thought leaders, um, uh, they have the yeah sales thought leaders. Yeah, you you can go check it out. They have podcasts. They have yeah, uh, my, micro uh, learning platform for professionals. Yeah, it says micro learning uh, platform for professionals. Sorry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, it's my, micro learning platform for professionals. So that's like you know now we have these different business models for content, like Netflix, for example, right? Like like before this, um, there was like advertise uh, advert advertising driven yeah, yeah, yeah. revenue for content platforms right and then now it's moving to like subscription based or pay gated uh, right so you have like i think the guardian now they do like pay gated where like um you pay yeah. to yeah. unlock the content right uh, and then the subscription be like, like like netflix right where you pay monthly and and it's like uh um it's like an astro bill or something like that right so like a subscription yeah. based um with no ads right so yeah, that's, that's so. So these are the interesting things that are happening in content. Um, anyway, um, I'm I I really look forward to taking this conversation offline about how we can contribute and you know share our content and things like that. I think we've come to the end of our session. Yeah, thank so, you so much. Thank you very me. much for being on the show. And thank yeah, you. I look forward so to much, uh, speaking with you again. Thank you. Okay. Bye bye. Okay. Thank you.